everybody. Welcome back to Tell It Anyway, 12 Stories of Holiday, which is the worst way to say the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> but I'm like, we're telling 12 stories, not 12 episodes, because that was apparently an ambitious plan. Today, we are doing a very special crossover episode. Oh, boy, we're so excited. <laughs> oh, boy. With me today are the ladies of Hooray for Garbage Town, hey. the garbages themselves, hey. Ms. Jackie Black and Ms. Sarah Jean Krachowski. Did I do it right? Krachowski? Yeah, yeah. Krachowski. So these are the ladies who do the excellent podcast Hooray for Garbage Town in which they talk about what it's really like to work here at a certain level Welcome and trying to, to climb the ladder <laughs> to success. And middle of the ladder. Yeah. The lower end of the ladder. Yeah. Sometimes a rung falls off. You fall I mean, with the it. Zombies you are grab grabbing at your rung. toes. Yeah. You know, they're grabbing at your toes, but yeah. you're shaking them off. You're shaking them off. Yeah. You know, when you yeah. buy a ladder at the hardware store and they have that one red step that's like, don't go above that? Yeah. yeah. We'll never hit that. Yeah. All right, we're rolling. It's the honest pursuit of a dishonest living. Don't hug me. Don't touch me. I don't know you. We just want to know is like, do you like yourself? This place is the fucking worst. How many times can I be rejected? You mean like in a day or in one fucking phone call? <laughs> no one here is fine. I'm going to add that to the list. Yeah, add it to the list. <laughs> I have just a moment. Aw. A moment in time. One moment. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we, we lost. Lock it, it down. Right. Lock it. Get it together. Lock it's the it holidays. <laughs> no one should be happy. No. What is it? It's the holidays and everyone's in misery. Yeah. Isn't it? All right, so mine is just a moment. My, I mean, my family typically has like... It's always a mess when we get together. There's lots of bickering. There's lots of fun. But I don't have like one crazy holiday story. Like I said to Sarah Jean today, I was like, I don't know if they have one where it's like, we got snowed in and had to eat Uncle Barry. It's like, <laughs> what's it? nothing like that's ever happened. But You're I looking at her like it's something that happened to her. <laughs> yeah. I look at Sarah Jean, I'm like, you know yeah. who has? Yeah. This girl. So mine's a moment from when I was three and a half and I still remember it. It's one of my earliest memories. Hmm. My sister had just been born because she's a December 12th baby. And so she was she was wee, a wee tot. A wee. Stealing the Christmas uh, spotlight. Yep, stealing the spotlight. Classic Britney. She's listening. And so this particular, my family celebrates on Christmas Eve because we're German. Oh. And so it's traditional to celebrate it on Christmas Eve. You know, my Christmas mom Day. does too. So you know. I th- she's from Hungary or her yes, family it, was. My, Eastern European. Eastern European. And my grandmother was Romanian and mm. German and I think a little bit Hungarian. So it's traditional to celebrate mm. Christmas but this particular time, I, th- I think we had celebrated, but my mom was like, there's a special surprise in the morning, right? So we didn't get all our presents because the presents that evening, usually Santa comes while you're at church right. on Christmas Eve. And then you come back and it's like, oh, we were the first house on the stop. Get people to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this particular Christmas day morning, we get up, we go down to the family room. My mom's like, oh, maybe we should like hang out. It doesn't look like he's shown up yet. And she's got Brittany in my arms. And I'm like, what do you mean he isn't here? <laughs> like, in my mind, I didn't know swear words yet. But I was like, that's fucked up. Yeah. You know, like, that's fucked up, Santa. Yeah, What's the harshest up? word. You're like, that's a bunch you, of... I got a baby. And now this this is a stupid... Are you telling me this baby's my present? <laughs> I don't want it. Sidebar, I hated Brittany from inception. Yeah. I tried to bury her toys. I was, I was pretty amped. So anyway, we look outside. And suddenly, and I will always remember this... Santa jumps the fence <gasps> of our backyard, runs across, and then runs into the woods. What? And I was like, holy shit. 
I just my saw God. Santa. He just ran across the backyard. And I guess I was like screaming and losing my mind. <laughs> and my mom was like, oh, his reindeer must have left him here, which then turned it to a darkness. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> like, why? Why would they leave him here? And he didn't stop by the house. So like my mom and so the backstory is my parents had created this moment. It was yeah. my dad, like cr- orchestrated this whole thing, which is very sweet. But my mom had turned the joy <laughs> to fear with like one sentence in this story that they had probably very carefully crafted to make me super excited. He had to jump over the fence. It was amazing. I was like, oh my God, what? He didn't leave toys and the deer left him behind and it's morning. Like the panic set in. He's in trouble. He's in trouble. And I remember that I was like, but he stopped by because half the milk and the cookies were eaten and like they hadn't thought about it. So they'd done that. But then the stories didn't match up. all the pieces narrative structure structure but i will always remember seeing there was that i still see that moment i can like feel it in my chest where i'm like (gasps) santa just jumped the fence and he's running across the backyard oh my god that is amazing yeah and years later i found out it was my dad so all stories about santa Uh are always accompanied by the inevitable when did you find out he wasn't real uh because that's happening for a friend of mine right now. Oh, that's Like hard. her son is eight and he's like, just don't lie to me. I was like seven or eight too. And I remember it was on Halloween because my dad took me trick-or-treating in the rain. Yeah. Because Brittany was too small. Yeah. He was like, we got to, I was like, you know, we we're talking about the holidays and he's like, well, we got to talk about that. And I was like, Santa's not real, is he? Oh. We, well, I remember walking the block with him talking about it. Yeah. The line that if I had kids, I would say is Santa's job is to teach you about believing in things you can't see. But I still do have that weird feeling of like, why do you lie to your children for like five years and then unlie to them? Yeah. I also feel like it's much, I would imagine it's much harder now to keep the lie alive. Yeah. It's kind of the more creative and involved your parents are, the harder it is. Right. The more you buy into it, the more, because like uh, Alex Curran, who was in on our our show a couple weeks ago, his parents used to, they had a uh, horseshoe. Uh-huh. That they would go outside of his window <gasps> and place on a stick. They would oh do my God. hooves on the roof. And you're just like, what? well, of course you're going to believe. Yeah. So now it's not just my parents lied to me, but my parents went to very great creative lengths to lie to me. Like this narrative yeah. moment. Yeah. Like, can I trust? <laughs> Who can I trust? Our Christmas started early because another Eastern European tradition is right. St. Nicholas night. So hmm. you put out your list in your shoes on the night of the You get the candy shoes. And you get candy in your shoes or you get coal if you're bad, which means you've got like three weeks to make up for it. Oh, my I dad, who is a Zen master, I remember him saying, I remember being like, Dad, is there a Santa Claus? And he just looked me in the eye and he goes, what do you think? <laughs> oh! He goes, what do you want to believe? He goes, I said, I don't think he's real. He's like, is that what you want to believe? And I was just like, well, no. (laughs) He's like, okay, well. Oh, my God. You're answering it with a question. (laughs) That's amazing. I have a weird thing where I don't have good memory, which is why it's foolhardy that I do a storytelling podcast. (laughs) I don't remember anything about Christmas from when I was a child. I remember nothing. What? Nothing. Like maybe vague flashes of going down to Florida for Mm. grandparents and like here like it was yeah. when you got exposed to all sorts of weird stuff like i very clearly remember and i think this was at a holiday party like uh-huh. one of those like my grandmother's friends like one of those old like but still like 70 but still kind of like you knew he was buff and ripped old guys and his wife and his he he had he wore an anchor like a gold Whoa. 
anchor Whoa. around his neck and they were like trying to carefully tell the story about how they were you know going at it and the anchor ripped her nose off and i was like this is i, I was young and i was like this is Whoa. dark shit yeah and so like i think then they saw me with like saucer eyes and yeah sort of like shut it Process, down we we're processing all of this and they're like, i was and like i can now never see an anchor on someone's neck without being like you should be really careful about that watch out <laughs> watch out Ow! My family goes overboard on Christmas. They actually go overboard on just about any holiday. Yep. Um, doesn't really take much. Like, you know, like I'm, I get phone calls that are like, are you coming home for Easter? And I'm like, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, I better get my Easter flight. Yeah. yeah. If you don't get it now, it's going to really go up in price. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what? it's not a thing. Yeah. But when I was younger, I hated a lot of these Christmas traditions. Well, not younger. When I was young, I liked them. When I was like in the middle, like early 20s, oh, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah I, 20s, I, I, I thought it was stupid. so stupid. And now that I'm older, I actually really kind of love it in like a yeah. sadistic way. And I see see how, you know, like yeah. all of a sudden I'll be like, we need to make ornaments. It's like, I've never needed to make ornaments. You know what? You have a box full of ornaments. Why do we need more yeah. ornaments? Yeah. You know who yeah. doesn't need ornaments? People in your life don't need you to make them ornaments. They have a box full of ornaments too, but I'll do it. Anyway, story. A little bit of setup. Important thing to know is that uh, my mom loves two things. There's two things that my mom really loves. One is holidays, and two is getting away with shit. Ah. Yeah, and this is uh, this is a perfect storm of both of those. So, um, and a little more backstory: there was a period of time in my life where my family also lived with my grandfather and a family of Ukrainians. So <laughs> there was like eight of us. Yeah. Eight of us in the house. Yeah. Oh my God. My mom had made the decision that um, the right way to celebrate Christmas was to cut down your own Christmas tree. But not, <laughs> but, but not only that. Like, we used to do that in Brooklyn. But, but it wasn't just that you had to cut down the tree. You had to cut down your tree from railroad land. Oh <laughs> yeah. And you had to thieve your you tree. You had to thieve your tree. Oh, my God. What is God. railroad land? Railroad land is if there's a railroad, it's the land on either side that the company owns. Oh. And her logic behind this She's was... taken from Big Railroad. Taken from Big Railroad. Right. She said... There's all those trees out there that are just uh, that are all just getting dirty and sick from the railroad fumes. Instead of cutting down a good tree and paying stupid money for it, let's go take one of these trees that's gonna die anyway that no one will miss. So oh, yeah, there's there's some logic about it. So it's particularly it's not bad logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of buy it. So, but but part of that meant that, like, and again, we wanted to show the Ukrainians what a real Christmas was. Right. The, the, they don't know. Yeah, thieving yeah. from railroad land. Yeah. You know, it's, you're new to America. Yeah. Get, get ready. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. I feel bad for any family that got introduced to America through my family because I'm sure <laughs> they were very confused. So we go out. We go at uh, seven of us. Everybody but Grandpa goes. 
it's a classic thing where you're out in the middle of the woods and it's fucking freezing. It's fucking freezing. Yeah. And you have a council of seven people who all have to decide what tree. What tree is the best tree? Oh and that's all of my nightmares. Oh, oh, it just and it and and here's the thing, you know when you're in a lot and you circle the lot like three or four times. Imagine the woods. Because you can't pick the right. first tree because you got to see what the other trees are. Yeah. You know, maybe it might be a better tree later on, you know. So so we're circling the woods. <laughs> and only, only out of exhaustion, we all agree on this tree, which happened to be the third tree we looked at. Of course. Yeah. So we cut down the tree. Who cuts down the tree? Uh, normally it's like my dad. Okay. But sometimes, sometimes my, my parents always, uh, they didn't have any boys. And okay. so, you know, it was like a, a thing of pride that me and my sister can use axes. Yeah. So every once in a while we would take a whack, take at, a whack it. Yeah. at it, but we would never knock it down. So you cut down the tree and we wanted, you know, like we're, my mom's big Christmas, right? So it's yeah. like, this is not, this is a big, glorious tree. Right. It's a huge tree. And so we cut down the biggest tree we can find. And we get lost in the woods dragging this <gasps> thing out. We can't, we can't find get our way out. out. No, we can't find our way out. But we're dragging a giant tree. There's like seven of us. Sure. We eventually hit a highway. Okay. <laughs> so when we hit the highway, uh-huh. half of us just stay there. And the other half double back from the highway to get the car. Uh-huh. So they go get the car. They bring it. And we realize the tree is too big for the car. Oh, my God. It does God. not fit on the car. Um, should have been should have been a warning sign to all of us at that moment that yeah. this is not going to happen, you yeah. know. Yeah. But it wasn't. We kept we kept persevering because this is what Christmas is about. We are so cold. Yeah. So my dad goes and borrows his friend's truck. Right. <gasps> as we stand by guarding the down tree and looking for railroad men. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, just, oh my god! I love the idea of the railroad yeah. men. That's like, just like the extra. Is that our know. tree? But yeah. it's like, again, how stealthy are we? We're a mob of seven people yeah. dragging a giant tree standing at the side of a Oh, freeway. my God. So we get the truck. We bring it to the house. And uh, we are about to try to get in the house when we stand up on the back porch and realize this thing is two stories high. Holy it shit. hits oh the second story of our house. It's what? not going in the living room. Um, and there's actually a picture of my family with it, which is pretty amazing. That's funny. I should, oh my I should God. dig it up. Um, so we're like, okay, well, we cut it in half. We cut it in half. This, this is no grandpa. Grandpa Mike comes out and is just like, cut it in half. We'll use the boughs for a wreath. Mom's like, more Christmas this is great. Great. Didn't have to. Didn't have to steal a wreath. Yeah. You know. What well, is wreaths? Yeah. So, all around. Yeah, all around. Gets one. So uh, we cut it in half. We drag it inside. We go to stand it up, and it's too short for the stand. Oh my god. Grandpa Mike again. We'll nail the bottom back on. What? Back outside, carves down a portion of like a four-inch portion, nails it onto the bottom of the tree, drags it back in, puts it up, and we look at it, and we put the we put the angel on top, and the angel like kind of hits its head on the ceiling, (laughs) it's kind of tilted. We're all like, okay, and we look at it, and we realize everybody steps back and goes, you know. I think the bottom branches were the good part. Oh, oh no! Scraggly, stupid-looking Charlie Brown tree uh, with like four branches because all the good stuff was on the bottom. Oh shit! Uh, but then you know we made it look real nice with all of my dad's McDonald's ornaments, you which bet. is the, what we decorate our tree with. So, yeah. but here's here's the amendment to the story. The amendment to the story is um, bringing it full circle. My mom doesn't like to pay for tree removal. And uh, oh, no. she, doesn't, mm-hmm. she doesn't care to do that. 
And she believes the city does free tree removal, but they want you to put your tree out on like January 2nd, and she thinks that's a Scrooge move. Right. You need to hang on to that thing for like at least another couple weeks. Too early. Oh, Not enough really? Yeah. So oh, she- I want that tree out on December 31st. I don't want it in my house on the new year. Yeah. Oh, no, no. This thing has to go into January. And in fact, it Whoa. should make it to the second week of January. For if we're going to go through the trouble of stealing it, right. you know, we got to enjoy it. Right. Tree collection comes and goes, and my mom decides that the best thing to do is to go back into the woods, drag it across to the nature preserve across our house, and shove it in a snowbank so that it looks like one of the other trees. Oh, yeah. So in the middle of the night, we all have to get dressed in black. And we have to- Are the Ukrainians still here? Ukrainians, yeah, they lived with us. Okay. So we all back out to the back out, drag it, drag it back out, shove it in a, a, a snowbank, snow and then... Every every spring there would be like a pile, you know. It's like like she just had a spot, yeah. You know, like, yeah, you know, pile of dead trees. It was like yeah. a Christmas tree graveyard. Yes, kinda, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So right, that's right. Two laws, one tree. So if you haven't heard it, check out hoorayforgarbagetown.com and see all the madness of what it really is like to slog it out here with talent day after day and find a home for that talent and uh i'm really happy you guys are here don't leave don't ever leave christmas time came too soon the bells ring loud and i'm hitting snooze by some time if i weren't broke but i hope Okay, everybody, it's Jenny, and now would be traditionally the time when you would hear me and Sarah Jean and Jackie break down my story that we told in the little office above the butcher, but I canned it. (laughs) And the reason I canned it is because I didn't know it at the time I was telling the story, but I was about three hours away from getting the actual worst stomach flu I've ever had in my life. And so the story that I told was, let's see, A, disjointed, B, depressing, and C, every once in a while you could hear me go, (coughs) (coughs) and it's really like super gross. And so I was listening to and editing it to last night. You love Sarah Jean and Jackie's stories. They were both great. And I was like, my story is both depressing and self-obsessed. And so I have canned it. And so what do you do? What do you do in life when it's the day you're supposed to publish a story and you don't have a story to tell and you're out of time? You reach up in the sky, you ring the bell, and you call the tell it anyway story saver. Molly Wood. Welcome back, Molly. <laughs> I could not be more delighted. I like I like this new role that I'm carving out for myself too. The the like not avenging, but you know, I parachute in parachute. at the last minute. Also, this is super self-serving because I was like, oh my God, I have such a great Christmas story and I really want to tell it. <laughs> All right. Well, without any further ado, Molly Wood, do you have any Christmas stories? Oh, I do have one as oh, it happens. Fantastic. I know. What a surprise. Okay. This is my, my, it's a Christmas tragic comedy. And you know, I listened to the first batch of Christmas stories and I thought, man, I am, this is kind of sad because I really don't have that many memories of my childhood Christmases. I don't have these many, right? Okay. It's not just me. It is a divorce kid thing. Maybe. Or just, yeah, like a series of disappointing, they weren't disappointing though. I mean, I have one memory of coming down the stairs 
I mean, but that's it. I have like one fuzzy memory. Or maybe more positively, it's like a kid thing where kids are just like the the excitement of Christmas blasts out the long term memory keeping of it. Maybe. Maybe. So this is an adult tragic comedy. Hmm. It's a more recent. I'm going to, you know, what? It, trust me, it's more comedy than tragedy. Okay. But it's it. this is a grown up and a somewhat recent story. So it all started. The year after, this is the first holiday season after leaving my husband. Okay. So I am a newly single mom of a two and a half year old. Mm-hmm. And I decide that I want to go home for the holidays. I'm, a, I'm about family. I need the support. Right. I'm going to North Dakota <laughs> in December. On a plane. <clears throat> On an airplane with my two and a half year old. And I and I get my I, I think I bought them I bought tickets for my brother and sister in law who were at the time childless. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking this will be fine because they'll help me and it will have this great trip to North Dakota. I'll see my mommy. It's gonna be awesome. So my brother and sister in law have now matured into amazing parents of my darling three year old niece. At the time, you know, as is the want of single people. Mm-hmm. Not so good at helping. So we get we get there, right? Let's just skip all past that. We okay. get there. It was terrible. Get to North Dakota. <laughs> get there. Right. It's terrible. It to North Dakota. Okay. We're there. I'm like, we're in the I'm in the warm bosom of mom's house. It's all gonna be fine. Yep. And my son and I are sharing a bed. And this is now the year that my son has decided he's too old for that. So he's kicking me constantly. So I'm getting no sleep. At how old? At two and a half, three. Yeah, just not just I mean, he's a wiggler, you know, anyway. So he's a kicker. He's kicking me all night long. Neither of us is sleeping. Everybody's cranky. It's cold as nuts mm-hmm. there. I used to know this Russian guy who said that all the time. Cold as nuts. He like had no idea, but I <laughs> clearly had no my nuts. favorite things since college. <laughs> so it's freezing. We can't go outside. My brother and my sister-in-law are zero help with mm-hmm. the toddler. Zero. And in fact, are like going out at night and I now know that my mom was probably not in a good place, but she was also profoundly unhelpful on this trip. So I'm trapped in this house. I'm getting no sleep. The whole thing is just falling apart around me. I, I, I get out of bed one morning to do this. I got asked to do a CNN appearance from North Dakota. So I creep down to the basement at like six in the morning and I do this Skype thing on CNN and I'm all excited and I record it and literally no one in the house will even watch it. Like I'm thinking this is my one triumph, right? Okay. Nobody will even watch it. So this is all the scene setting for let's say day four. We were there for five days. It's I'm like, I'm so, yeah, I want to go. No sleep, no validation for career. No validation for career. No help with kid, no mommy to help me through my divorce, all of that. And then I come out of the kitchen because I hear Eli saying my name, my son saying my name. And he says that he's, he's gone pee pee and he's pee, he's had an accident because he's newly potty trained, right. but he's had an accident in the living room of my mom's house on her beige carpet. And I'm just like, so done. Just, I can't, I can't believe he's peed on the carpet and I'm like, just take your pants off and I'm sort of following him. I'm trailing behind him as he's like just discarding clothes on his way back into that. Just go like, go to the bathroom, run to the bathroom. And he's leaving the clothes. And I just have this moment where I'm like, son of a biscuit. You can say all the words on this show, by the way. You're right. But there's probably more words coming. (laughs) Son of a bitch. I can't. And there's this like there's this, this pea soaked sock on the rug, like just this balled up wet sock. And I just I bend down with the angriest motion, pick up this sock, and then I'm like, 
This is not a sock. Oh. It was a poop. It was a poop. It was a poop. I was holding in my hand my child's warm toddler poop. Oh, my God. Picked up a poop. Picked up a poop. There was something about the poop, though, that just, like, knocked me right out of it. Just, like, snapped me right out. I was like, what? I am a mom now, and I need to snap out of this shit right now because I have someone else to take care of. And you know whose person that is? That's a person whose poop I'm holding in my bare hand at this moment. Just get it together. And so, in a very strange way, the poop turned the frown upside down because then I just burst into hysterical laughing holding a poop. And that was just a, it was a barrier, I think, that I never thought would be broken. And in that moment, I became a mother. I love that story. (laughs) That story is like, I I think that everybody has moments like that in relationships. Like moms and dads have it most profoundly because they are raising this thing from little embryo all the way up to, you know, college and onward. But this moment where you realize like how intimately you're connected to a person (laughs) And it yes. does usually involve poop. It or some other I mean, yeah. the throwing up is relevant here. Yep, 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 it's yep. true. I mean, you just kind of go once you go that deep, once you're, you're right. like, I need to, and I thought, don't yell at this child. Like, don't get mad at him. Yeah. This poor child is so probably like stressed and exhausted mm-hmm. that he just deposited a poo on the floor. Yeah. And now I'm holding it, and it is the tangible example of how I need to suck it up. And also, like, you forget, and, and I know you don't forget because you watched it happen, but <laughs> people are in this world are constantly learning to poop, right? <laughs> like, it's an, like, and what to do with it. It's when an it evolution. Happens. It's an evolution. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, for two solid years, you're like, hey, there's a little thing on me. This is where I go. And then someone tells you that it's not true. And you actually have to go to this giant white throne. Get yourself up on the throne. Not fall into it with your little skinny little two-year-and-a-half-year-old butt. Yep. And time it. And not go down the scary, like, you have to go down the scary dark hall at Grandma's house yeah. where you've never been before. And, yeah, no, totally. I mean, poop is a journey. It's a journey. You could argue that we're all still on it. Yeah, really. Oh, my God. Especially the night I recorded the first story. (laughs) Let me tell you. I won't tell you because this is professional. That's right. I've never. I just I can't even. So, yeah. So it's it's very humbling. And especially the moment like I the only way I can relate really is with when you and your significant other are deeply sick at the same time. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah. And it's like this wonderful moment where you're like, well, there are no more walls. Yeah. There are no you're more just, walls. You're just trading it. Yeah. And then you're like, I miss the walls. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I wish there was just a little more wall. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I mean, in yeah. amongst this realization of my risk, my greater responsibility, there was a moment of thinking, God, I wish I wasn't holding a fucking poop yeah, you're in like, my hand. I was just on CNN. I was just on CNN. None of you, none of you bastards would watch it. And now I'm holding a poop. <laughs> I can do anything. Um, now, was there a, a happy ending where the family came together and helped you and continued to? Uh... No, God, no. And then we missed our connecting flight on the way home. And I am <laughs> not proud of this, but I plopped my child on a chair next to my sister-in-law, ran into the bathroom and burst into tears because <laughs> we missed our connecting flight yeah. in Denver where I have spent literally years of my life being delayed by 
like two minutes, just like two minutes. Oh and that God. was it. I burst into tears. And I, I will say if there is a happy ending, it's that I have not tried to go to North Dakota for the holidays ever again. Yeah, that seems wise. North yeah. Dakota seems like a summer place where you're in the vast open west and going camping and doing all sorts of things. But really, if you go in the winter, you're just in a house. This is not a good idea. No. You're just stir crazy with your family who's not helping. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is about Christmas memories, because you mentioned that you don't have a lot from childhood and neither do I. I, I have almost zero. But I have a ton from when my husband taught me the importance of Christmas. Mm-hmm. But we just made an early Christmas memory this year that is probably going to go down as one of the happiest of my entire life. And it's Star Wars Christmas. Oh, Star Wars Christmas. That's really true, actually. I just thought since you have now told your Christmas story of woe that I wanted to end this show on a glorious moment of, of what I consider to be Christmas and pop culture concentric joining together of friends. And I'm just going to tell this story so that it's on record. Okay. Yep. So... The Star Wars tickets went on sale, I think they were in November, right? It was roughly November. And I knew I was going to buy a lot of tickets, but I didn't quite know how many. And I had good friends like egging me on, like this girl Erin and my friend Colleen, who's been on the podcast. They were keeping me posted. We all knew the tickets were going on sale during the uh, big football games halftime. And then as I just get home around 4.30 one day. (laughs) I love, by the way, how you're like... The big football game. Some like, big game. Whatever game that was with the, the teams. The Star Wars game. The Star Wars game. <laughs> and With the pigskin. And my friends start like dramatically texting me and being like, they're on sale early. And so we all jump online. We're all trying to get tickets. Nobody can get tickets because all the, the sites are crashing. And I live very close to the movie theater where we were trying to get tickets. So I jump in the car. The full producer comes out. I jump in the car. I go over. I run up to customer service. I said, I would like to buy tickets for Star Wars. They were like, we're not selling those yet. So I say, get your manager. And they're really nice, the arc lights. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it was like full, yes. like the nice eyes, the eyes, like I can convey so much with eyes, as Matt will tell you, which is like, they're really nice eyes, but the really firm tone and like, I'm not going to go away. And by the <laughs> way, there are already people. They're already there, like hovering, waiting to listen, waiting to buy. There were even people ahead of me at customer service who had already been denied. Yeah, you're like the friggin' Joan of Arc of the ticket buying right now. So the manager comes down and is basically like, actually, they were talking to the manager through the headset and they were like, there's someone here that wants to buy tickets. Uh, And she says they're already selling online. There's this like eons long pause. And then they're like, yeah, go sell them. Yes. So I let the people, this is so me too. Like I should have just pressed my advantage, but I let the people ahead of me go first. (laughs) I know. And buy the tickets. And then this girl who's ahead of me is trying to buy the tickets, but her, you know that thing your debit card does when you definitely have enough money, but you can't use it for a large purchase. Right. And so it kept denying her. And she's like a super Star Wars fan and she's starting to cry. And I was like, Oh my God. Let me buy my tickets and then I will help you. And so she steps aside. I walk up to the girl and I would like, I was like, give me a, a, an open theater Friday around, you know, 8 p.m. Uh, she opens up this theater. There's no tickets having been sold there yet. None. It's clean theater. And I was like, I would like row K. She was like, okay, great. What seats? I was like, all of them. Yes. All the seats. Because like, you rule. She was like, that's 32 tickets. I was like, great. 
here's my Amex. <laughs> um, and so I hand her the card and the girl's like, the, the ticket girl takes it and swipes it. And then it takes us 10 minutes to print out 32 tickets. Right. Like, cause they've never done it before. They've never printed out 32 tickets. A week later, I went back to the theater to get the points for the 32 tickets, oh, <laughs> by the way. And so you're seeing every movie of 2016 for yeah, free, right? Actually, okay. we spent it all on, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we've already spent the points. And so they get all the tickets, we carefully count them out. And then I was like, and I will be buying this girl's tickets too. Oh. So swipe the Amex again, get her her five tickets. She runs to the cash machine, gets me the cash. So she like, like faith rewarded, you know, and then the process begins of figuring out who is going to fill these 32 tickets. And suffice to say that what, I guess it was, how many days ago was it? It was one, it was four, four days ago? Four days ago? Yeah. Four days ago. Four days ago. I had a Star Wars party at my house uh, in oh. which we decorated. The- I was one of them, you guys. I made the cut. <laughs> Molly Wood made the cut. Not only did Molly Wood make the cut, Molly Wood flew down from yep. her residence in Northern California to attend. So huge props. And we decorated our whole house in both Star Wars and Christmas. So like there are decals on the wall, which are still on the wall. We hung our original Star Wars posters. C-3PO's head was on top of our tree. Like <laughs> we did the whole thing. And then at like 7, 10, 30, or maybe it was 27 because we we're meeting some people there. Everybody in my house left my house, trooped off to the theater, and we filled an entire row at the Arclight. And so I, first of all, like the one thing I'll say about Star Wars is that it occurred to me that this was the first Star Wars movie I have ever seen in the theater that I remember because I was too young to remember Jedi and I was too young to see any of the other ones. The first movie that I saw in the theater that I loved. Think about that. Really? Yeah, because I didn't love the trilogies and I didn't remember any of the other ones like the first time. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. So, the like, first the, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. First, it occurred to me that at 39 years old, I had just had my first wonderful Star Wars experience in a movie theater. Oh. And we did it, Matt and I, surrounded by 30 of our dearest friends. Yeah, that was real. I have to say that was really special. I mean, you could just feel it. And many of them were strangers to me. And it still was special because it was such a fraternity. Right. And and it was just it was tremendously powerful. And ironically, even though I cannot for the life of me remember a single damn Christmas in my childhood, I remember seeing Jedi. Yeah. And I was not very old, but I do remember very specifically going to that theater. I can remember the outside of the theater. I can remember how I felt coming out of it. But you're absolutely right that as an adult, one that wasn't, you know, they they showed Star Wars again in the theater kind of thing. Right, but you'd already seen it 8,000 times. Yeah, like it was. Star Wars my babysitter. Yeah, totally. You know, so. and, and Star Wars, what was kind of amazing about it was that Star Wars was the thing that whenever I felt lonely or like only childish or divorced kidish or whatever it was, like there was Star Wars. And so the ability to see it with all of those people and like have all of those friends yep. was just exceptional. And I'll never forget it. I'll remember every single moment about it. But the best part 
was uh, after it was all over and the weekend was over and we'd seen it one more time. And by the way, use those Star Wars points to buy ourselves the best <laughs> movie theater dinner the second time we saw the movie in 3D. Uh, our friends who brought the six-year-old kid, there was a six-year-old yeah. kid named Billy and he was adorable. My God, so cute. And he was so overwhelmed by the whole experience. But they sent us a picture on the, from on the plane. They, they flew in. They were actually the people who flew in from Boston. How about them apples? Flew all the way across the country to see the movie with us and their friend. I got nothing, nothing, man. And they sent us a picture from the plane of little Billy, six years old, curled up, passed out on the seat, clutching the envelope that the tickets had come in and his little Star Wars cards. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, we did You need to know. Wait, hold on. You're breaking up. Hold on. No, I can't believe I'm losing my moment. <laughs> All right, try oh, now. Try now. Still there? Okay, it's good enough to hear you. Okay. Well, I'll try because okay. I want to say that in addition to doing the Sophie's Choice work of choosing the people who got to sit in the row, in addition to hosting this amazing party, which could not have had more atmosphere. And by the way. They have like giant blow up like Christmas themed Darth Vader and Yoda figurines for the front of the house. Like these people are not messing around. No. In addition to all of that, Jenny made individual ticket envelopes for everyone with a ticket and a baseball card. And in my case, even a little present for my child and handed them out as we all arrived at either the party or the theater. I was it carrying was, them in a Chewbacca stocking. Yes. I mean, it was amazing. And I will say... Without question, the single greatest holiday party I have ever been to. Maybe me too. Like, yep. and the, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention that there was a Millennium Falcon shaped apple pie. Yes. And a Han Solo frozen in carbonite cake. And a Han Solo frozen in carbonite banana bread. Oh, yeah. We had double Han Solo frozen The in pastry carbonite. game alone at that party yeah. was on point. And but the magic of it, the magic of it came from the anticipation beforehand. And then when we all came back, just having a place to talk about Star Wars and and what it meant to us. And I will say, and I'm going to tell it, Molly Wood (laughs) had the best line of the night, which was she was talking to a friend of mine. uh, (laughs) You're doing this? You're doing it? it. It's the best (laughs) thing ever. And my friend is um, a comedy writer and he's very super analytical. So he had already moved past like, hey, it's Star Wars to let me rip holes in the plot, which is a fair thing to do. Mm. And he was he's very intense. And so he was getting a little tense. And at one point, I think he stopped and apologized to you and said, I'm sorry, I I sometimes get a little intense. And what did you say to him, Bollywood? Do you remember? Because I do. Well, he said that he said, I'm sorry if it feels like we're arguing about this or something along yeah. those lines. And I said, <clears throat> it's OK. I'm used to arguing with nerdy white guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the entire corner of the house into like thunderous laughter and applause. Well, I didn't really, bless his heart, like I didn't really even realize we were arguing because I have so many nerdy white guys in my life that I just assumed that's conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, honey, you're not scaring me with this disagreement. Like we're just discoursing. We're discoursing. We're discoursing. Yeah, there was much discoursing in the evening. Oh my God. Yeah, but that was really like maybe my favorite moment of the whole night. (laughs) I was like, honey, 
I'm except Mollywood. For, <laughs> except for the movie. Oh, right. Yeah. The life changing, <laughs> healing, amazing. I movie. laughed. I cried. Oh, there yeah. was popcorn. It was a three tissue. It was a three. Movie. Molly kept handing me, she was sitting next to me, kept handing me tissues. Just like, here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. Well, because I'll tell you what, you can produce the whole thing, but I'm a crier. Like, yeah. I can produce the crying. <laughs> I couldn't at a certain point like I couldn't look at Matt and I couldn't look at you the two no. people on either side of me because I was like I'm gonna cry I'm gonna cry I can't do it I can't do it oh man yeah. there yeah no what total. a night what a night and what it was a spectacular that and is a Christmas to remember that is our Christmas like we're not even really doing Christmas this year because we're just like that was it that was the moment you seek at Christmas was connection with friends and family yep. over something you love and usually it's ham and presents, and this year it was <laughs> Star Wars. And kind of what more could you ask for? I know. Oh, Yay. Yay, it was a Christmas Yay. miracle. Well, <laughs> thank you for telling your Christmas poop story. Uh, <laughs> your son has grown into a lovely gentleman. He almost never poops on the floor anymore. I mean, I almost never do either, so <laughs> everybody's got to have exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for once again being the tell it anyway savior and I promise New Year's resolution in the new year is I will properly invite you on a show to tell a story I um, decline I, I, <laughs> you would decline. I choose to be the emergency <laughs> parachute that's not true I totally want to be on again because what um, if you have an emergency I know yeah. and uh, for those of you who don't know who would not know but Molly Wood uh, is a senior tech reporter and the fill-in host for Marketplace uh, which you can hear on many public radio stations across the country. She is a fantastic writer, fantastic storyteller, really great friend, and it meant so much to me to have her at Star Wars on this podcast and as a buddy. Mm. Thanks, Bollywood. I heart you. And to all a good night. <laughs> and to all a good night, especially if you're watching Star Wars. <laughs> Did anything encapsulate the joy of Star Wars Weekend better than this amazing acapella clip by The Roots on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon featuring all the stars from Star Wars? Go and click on it and listen to it. I think we listened to it a hundred times because it just got what we were feeling. I hope you guys saw Star Wars. I hope you at least healed a little <laughs> from the prequels. And thank you so much to Jackie Vleck, Sarah Jean Krachowski, and of course, the one, the only Molly Wood for jumping in as usual at a moment's notice to save Mattel it anyway, bacon. Three down, one more to go. Thank you so much to all the patrons. Thank you to everybody listening. Um, we got a big one coming out tomorrow. It's the one, the one I really have wanted to share with you since the very beginning of Tell It Anyway. So make sure to tune in to the final Tell It Anyway of 2015 tomorrow. Ba, 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 ba. Ba, ba, ba.